Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Well, it's still the best life going. And I'll tell you, I'm thankful for this life of living for the Lord. And, uh, you know, you never know. Uh, man, the, the, I guess and we won't know the fullness of everything until we get to heaven one day. But, but I am thankful that on this, on this journey here, God has put us in contact and let our paths cross with some incredible people that uh, some you see rarely, some you see ever so often, some you see all the time, but, uh, but uh, the Lord led our paths cross with Brother Henry and his family many years ago, and since we became part of the, the Georgia district and um, just became great friends instantly. And just love his family so much and love the work they do there in Stone Mountain. And, and man, we're excited that he's here with us tonight. Some of you ladies have heard his, his wife preach. And, man, she can do it. She can, I'm telling you, she can preach. And he's got some talented, anointed kids and, and, and kid-in-laws. And, and uh, they're just great people. And so we're honored to have Pastor Dave Henry with us tonight. Brother, you'll come on. We love you very much. So thankful for his friendship and his ministry. Praise God. What an awesome God we serve tonight. Amen. God is here. Can we lift our hands tonight and let's just love him together. Father, we're so thankful tonight. Come on, let's love him together. We worship you. Come on, we worship you. King of glory, fill this place. Just want to be with you, Lord. Come on, church, let's love him together. Fill this place, Lord. Fill this place, Lord. Fill this place, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Glory to your name. What a great God we serve tonight. The Lord is here. And um, I want to greet your lovely pastor and his wife. And um, I, I say this, not this is the first time I'm going to say this year, but I've said this everywhere I go. You're one of the best singers I know anywhere in Pentecost. Sincerely. Sometimes you hear her sing, you have to look and make sure that she is not black. <laughs> she can sing. I appreciate your pastor, pastor and sister, Wadron, and their family, their children. And I saw a few friends here, persons that I know. So good to see all of my friends, those that I know for a long time. God bless you. Um, first time coming in this building. What a beautiful edifice. 
you can see the hand of the Lord upon this church. And God is doing great things. And, you know, I know this, that this church prays. And there's something happens when a church pray. There's something sincerely happen in the spirit realm. My wife and I have been, um, this year we started out, we did a 14-day absolute fasting. And um, we had planned to only do 10. And in the when we approached the 10th day, she said, I just feel the Lord is calling us to go a little further than we did. And then we, she said, the Lord is just impressed me to start praying from midnight to 4 a.m. every Saturday night and would um, should like me to join her and I did and that has just changed change us change the depth of our services something happens when we pray and this church is going to go further because we know how to pray I don't know how but there's power when I'm on my knees God hears us when we pray. There's a grace that comes. Demons of darkness are really afraid of people that know how to pray. If you want the favor of God, you must give yourself wholly and completely to prayer. You must pray often. You must pray much. Amen. Men and women with broken hearts that can weep before the porches on the altars. Thank you, Pastor and Sister Mwajan, um, for having me here tonight. And um, I, I will not preach. I will just share a few thoughts that I believe that I trust will be a blessing to, to this church. Um, you guys are so blessed to have a wonderful pastor and pastor's wife. Amen. I want you to clap your hands and thank God for a good pastor and pastor's wife. It's amazing. Um, you know, not everybody is a shepherd. Not everybody are called to even pastor. But you have a true shepherd. I'm here tonight, a man that loves God and loves people. And their winsome humility is so evident, it's so visible to anyone that is looking. Paul is writing in Ephesians chapter 4. And verse 11 to verse 12, Ephesians 4, verse 11 and verse 12. And he gave some, notice, he, Jesus, gave some apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers. I'd like to focus on those two here tonight, pastors and teachers. Why did God gave the fivefold ministry for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the divine of the body of Christ. Father, we're so grateful tonight for your great grace. We're thankful, Lord, for your love and kindness that is better than life itself. We pray the Holy Ghost will have free course in this room tonight. Oh, God, touch your people. Let us hear, Lord, from you tonight. Minister grace to our hearts like only you can. Let freshness fall on us tonight. Oh, God, change us in your likeness, in your image, I pray. Make us rapture-ready people, Lord. 
We seek to hear from you. Have your way tonight. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Would you clap your hands unto the Lord as you're seated tonight? In the presence of the Lord. You can be seated tonight. I would like to speak to you from this thought tonight. He gave, he gave pastors slash teachers. He gave pastors teacher. Mr. Noah Webster said of pastor, it's a shepherd, one who has the care of the flock and the herd. A minister of the gospel who has the charge of the church and the congregation, whose duty it is to watch over the people in his charge and to instruct in sacred doctrines of Christian religion. Then a pass of teacher, one who teaches or instructs, one who instructs in religion. And then a preacher is a minister of the gospel. So a pastor, teacher, shepherd feeds the flock and search out the deep things of God. He is called the angel of the church in Revelation 1 verse 20, an apostle in Titus chapter 1 and verse 1, a bishop in 1 Timothy chapter 3 and verse 1, an elder in 1 Timothy chapter 5 and verse 17, a watchman in Isaiah chapter 30 and verse 20, an overseer in Acts chapter 20 and verse 28, a preacher in Romans chapter 10 and verse 14, a shepherd in Jeremiah 23 and verse 4, a messenger in 2 Corinthians chapter 8 and verse 23. Can I say this to this church and those who are online as well? Your pastor is a gift from God. Your pastor is a gift from God. All I know my whole entire life is church. I was 11 years old when I got baptized. That is over 43 years ago. And I said, all I know is church. And I've been close to my pastor back to when I lived in Jamaica. In fact, um, when I moved here to the States in the um, 80s, I attached myself to my pastor in Fort Lauderdale. I served him. I loved him. I washed his car. No issues. I could still wash his car today if he was here. It wouldn't bother me at all. So often people think that when they serve their pastor, I've had people have these ideas and these notions that he's just a man like I am. That's such a backward thinking. That's such a crazy, crazy notion. Your pastor is a man, but he's a man of God. And he, and he, and he represents Christ in this church. The position of your pastor is that one of a general, at the head of an army. He has power derived from headquarters, but he alone has a responsibility which he cannot share. He stands before you and speaks on behalf of a power greater than himself. Your church is a dry creation of you here tonight and your pastor. When you cooperate as one body, preaching is, has pleasure. And your pastor get a needed lift that he needs. 
In fact, I was at a conference this past last weekend, and um, one of one of a well-known evangelists, one is used mightily by God in the gifts of the Spirit in all different um, arenas. And I remember he made this statement that was so profound and yet so well placed and yet just right. He said that I, my pastor is a better preacher than I am. I thought, what a wise young man. My pastor is a better preacher than I am. I don't care how well you preach, you'll never be better than your pastor if you're a wise person. I don't care how much God has gifted you, you'll never be better than your pastor. People fool themselves when they think that they are better than. And so often I've seen this all my life. Well, I'm a young man come along the way and pastor give him an opportunity to preach and he may have preached a good message. And then, of course, Saturday sometimes the congregation, not helpful. And they let it swell up his head and let him feel like he has arrived. And you are, oh, you're such a good preacher. And before long he think he cannot preach this pastor. He can outdo his pastor. And um, he's just um, heading for destruction. I don't care how smart a child becomes. I don't care how much academic he or she achieve. You'll never as smart as your parents. Wise people or children especially would understand that. When you cooperate, your pasture is lifted. It is when the soldier of the cross fall in line with their general that the tasks become easier. Pastor, I'm going to follow you as you follow Christ. I'm behind you, Pastor. You can trust me. I am going to be very loyal to you and to Christ. Peter was mighty in the day of Pentecost because behind him stood 119 persons who believed in his vision and what God has called him to do. Men and women who backed him in prayer, whose face linger, and, and, and you see the trace of the glory of God up on their faces. You must pray for your pastor and his wife and his family. You must pray for them much. I don't think more, most people even understand the burdens that is entrusted upon this man and his wife. Sleepless nights, weary nights, long nights at times, praying that God will protect you, that God will keep you, that God will bless you, God will prosper you. God will keep your hearts and your minds in perfect peace. I tell my children uh, when they were uh, much younger that they, they behave, they, 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 they bring all these spirits in our home that we have to pray out at times. And, um, and sometimes we do that in the church. We bring all kinds of spirit in the church and bind up the services and bind up the flow of God. And pastor have to be there praying that, and, and binding demons and darkness and devils and hell so that they can be a breakthrough and they can be liberty in the house of God. It is so important for you to help to carry the load of your pastor. Your pastor is called to a, a high ministry of giving to this congregation the most valuable truth ever entrusted to mankind, the truth of the gospel.
every Sunday or Wednesday for about 30 minutes or so, he tries to present to you some of those great truths that he has received from the Lord in a form of a sermon or teaching. It is a result of many hours of composition, of, of studying and prayer. And so often when your pastor stands in the, this pulpit to present the meal to his flock, wonder how many times his effort are in vain because those who could afford themselves to the message are not even here. They stay away. I've all kind of excuses. You know, I've seen the last two years have been nothing but um, very devastated to our country. And, um, and because so often people have just allowed the media to drive them into fear and stay away from church. And the same people who stay away from church, they go everywhere else. They go to Walmart. They travel. I never could understand this. People are fearful. I know some people who I pastor were fearful to come to church, but they can travel all, all over the country and sometimes the world. And they're much closer to people on an airplane than they are at church. In fact, this room, you can spread, you can go all the way over here and put on a mask and, and, and if you're fearful. But I don't think that's the issue. We buy, in, buy into all these lies and these control and all this foolishness. I've said it for two years now that I'm telling you this. That, 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 that the world, God spoke to me um, before COVID took place and tell me and said that something's about to eat this world. And God spoke to me right after COVID and said this, the, the world has been deceived. And more importantly, the church has been deceived. And it's very evident. We believe all these lies. Turn off your televisions. Because all they do is feed fear, 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 fear. God has called us to be people of faith. And nothing can take us out till God said it's our time. Not high blood pressure, not diabetes, not cancer, not car accidents, COVID. Nothing can take us out till God said our life is in the hand of the Lord Jesus Christ. And we must be assured of, of that. So why are we going to live in fear? Anyway, that's not my message tonight. But here's what I have learned. If, if, if there is 300 people in this church, maybe 100 persons will allow Pastor Waldron to be your pastor. I've seen this all my life. Because so, let me tell you something. Can your pastor correct you? Can he tell you that you stink, not physically, but your attitude? And if physically, can he tell you that? Well, no, I'm sorry. No, you, you don't understand the responsibility of your pastor here tonight. He has many things, listen to me, he has many things that are trust upon him which cause him concern. He's subject and they are subjected to constant and merciless criticism that they never are eager to hear all that persons are saying or have said. But in the course of time, he hears enough of what persons are saying 
that cause him to sometimes get depressed and discouraged. Believe me or not, your pastor is human. If you prick him, he bleeds. He have organs, he have dimensions, senses. Listen to me, affections, passions. He bleeds. If you appreciate him, he is encouraged. Don't be afraid to spoil your pastor. It is right. It is godly. I never can understand how sometimes people in churches can see, I mean, if their pastor ever buy a nice car, they get bent under shade. But their doctors, their lawyers, and everybody can drive nice cars except their pastor. I have zero problem with any pastor who live good and drive good. Oh, Jesus. Keep us near the cross tonight. For every man hurt by the lack of praise, a thousand is by for, for every man who wished that someone would 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 give them praise, a thousands would starve to death for a lack of it. Many pastors have carried burden in their hearts through, through the years of disappointing laboring, hungry for a word of thanks that which never came only on the heave of going to another church or their heavenly reward where people says, oh, what a good man he was. Oh, what a kind, thoughtful man he was. Listen to me. Give the flowers while people are alive. I appreciate your pastor and his wife. Tell them how much they mean to you. Tell them how much, I mean, I'm, I mean, how many churches would have a pastor's wife that can sing like your pastor's wife? I will come to this church just to hear you sing. It's just too far to travel. But it would be worth the travel too. Restoration Apostolic Church. Shameful thing to sit for months or even years on the preaching which make you nobler and wiser and happier without letting your pastor and his wife know that at least in one heart as the seed of falling on good ground and bring forth fruit many fold. When's the last time you went up to your pastor and said, thank you for just preaching. Thank you for praying. Thank you for teaching. Thank you for standing strong in a world that is just I've lost its way. Thank you for your deep convictions. Thank you for your love for apostolic truth. Thank you for uh, a man, your man of prayer. Thank you for just being such a kind-hearted shepherd, a tender warrior. Thank you for what you do for this church. We have a place to come. We can worship God. Our children can come and enjoy Sunday school and, and, and children's church and all the immunities that we have here. And thank you for your insight, for your visionary. For Thank you for buying this nice building that we can come and we can expand as God ex extends us, as God grows. Thank you for see the, your foresight. Thank you for your insight. Thank you for your burden and your love for lost humanity. To do his best, your pastor must live in, a, in an atmosphere of goodwill. While the busy bodies of, of this church are carrying your pastor's story of distraction, 
the church heart to bear his message. Bear him with a message of affection and good cheer and enthusiastic appro approval. Pastor, we love you. Don't just wait for Pastor's Appreciation Month. Show appreciation to your pastor. Buy a card. Write a letter. Give him gifts. Give them gifts on their birthdays, their anniversaries. Spoil them. Well, you know, I was at this church, and uh, forget it. You're at you're a different church now. Leave the past behind you. Amen. Your pastor is nourished by an environment of the family of Christ who makes up this congregation. He cannot share himself. He's molded by you that is here in this church or call this church your home. He's a servant of Christ. For Christ's sake, the Apostle Paul reminds us that he will give account to God for, this, for your success or for your failure. For your success or your failure. Paul writes in Hebrews chapter 13 and verse 17, Obey them that have the rule over you. And submit yourself for the watch for your souls, that they must give account, that they may do it with joy and not with grief, for it is unprofitable for you. Obey them that are the rule over you, speaking of your pastor. Notice, submit yourself for the watch for your soul. Listen to me, the only thing that will never die is the soul of mankind. As they must give account. Notice what he says, that they may do it with joy. If your pastor give account with joy, it is profitable unto you. But if not, it is unprofitable unto you. That means there's going to be great sorrow, great crying, great, great sorrow, great crying. That means you possible. You have not made it into the pearly gates. Paul says that our Lord gave pastors and teachers, in addition to apostles, prophets, evangelists, God gave his church pastors and teachers. The two terms stands under the same article in the Greek text that should therefore be seen as two functions in the same gifted person. Teacher, pastor, surprisingly, this is the only time the apostle used the word pastor in the New Testament. In common language of the day, a pastor is a sheep herder. Our Lord applied this image to himself in John chapter 10 and verse 11. I am the good shepherd, and the good shepherd giveth his life for the sheep. When he speaks of himself as a good shepherd, the apostle now takes the image and apply it to persons who lead the church or the body of Christ. He is the under-shepherd. He is God's man. I listen, I have, I am... I'll be 55 my next birthday, and I've been in church all my life. I have never made the mistake in my whole entire life ever speak ill of a pastor or my pastor, ever would put my hands against my pastor or my mouth against my pastor. Never. You know, because a pastor and his wife is like your parents, spiritually speaking. And, um, you know, I tell my kids, I respect my parents. My dad was not um, there, but I would never disrespect him because he's my father. I want to live long. I want things to go well with me. So I don't take those kind of risks. The same way, spiritually speaking, 
Don't put your hands on the man of God. I've seen too many people have suffered greatly over the years because they think they had the infrastructure or the, the, the wit or the, the tenacity to touch God's man. And, and they have suffered greatly. And their children even have suffered greatly. Don't take that kind of risk. Don't chance it. Don't chance it. When he speaks of himself, of the good shepherd, the apostle was talking about the pastor. The pastor. Let me tell you what I have learned, um, and this will segue me into, um, believe me or not, I'm about to close. I just came to just deliver this year. You have to respect authority. You have to respect for authority of falling on hard times. You know, I've been stopped by um, young officers. My oldest daughter is 30 years old, be 31 on the next birthday. And my youngest daughter is 25. And if an officer, man or woman, black or white, make no difference, if they stop me, I'm going to say, yes, sir, no, sir, yes, ma'am, no, ma'am. Not because they are so much younger than I am, but they have a badge. They have the, the authority of the state or the county or the city. I'm going to respect their authority. I've had presidents in the past that I didn't, I mean, I, 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 I didn't think that they would, I would never said Biden or, um, what's his first name again? The president here. Our Joel, even though he's this, well, never mind, sorry. I'm going to say Mr. Biden or President Biden. Even though they're trying to wreck the church and the country, I'm going to still give them respect. I would never say uh, Mr. I would I'm always going to say President or Mr. Even when they're doing wrong, even when they don't agree with them. Sometimes people think because we don't agree with people, we have to disrespect them. No, I'm going to respect them because they are. He is the leader of the free world. He's our president. I don't have to agree with his policies or the things that he's doing. I'm going to respect the office. I'm going to respect the position. You have to respect authority. Respect is major. Jesus Christ, the Bible says that when he submitted himself to his spiritual authority, he grew in wisdom and stature and the fear of God. He grew in wisdom and stature and the fear of God. Respect for godly leadership is ordained by God. It is necessary for spiritual growth. Respect is rare in this, listen to me, it is rare quality in this postmodern generation that we live in here today. We, we're in this postmodern society and respect is rare. Every respect has gone through the window. Respect for life, respect for authority. I mean, totally respect. No, total disrespect. No respect. 
Our world is so confused today. Let me tell you how confusing our world is. That you can kill a pregnant woman and you get charged with murder for two persons. And yet you can abort your baby and it's not an issue. Isn't the world messed up in their thinking? Why are you going to charge? I mean, in fact, we shouldn't even charge people with murder because we believe in killing babies in the first place. You may not invite me anymore, but I'm good. You, you know what? Every, you, did, do you notice in this day and time, everybody's an opinion except the church? We should be silent. The devil is a liar. We, we, the, the, we have to make a certain sound in this hour. We got to say no to this vile stuff that's happening in this world today. And we got to say enough is enough. And somebody have to stand like Daniel and say, we're going to be alone. Because the world is trying to silence us. The world is trying to get us to be quiet. The world is trying to get us to just, just usher them out and turn away. But we can't do that. We got to stand and we got to be stand. We have to stand strong. Respect of fallen and, and hard times. Listen, it is fallen and hard times. Respect for spiritual authority is important. Our Lord has given spiritual authority as a defensive power to persons to propagate the gospel. In every situation, there must be leadership with clear lines of established authority. I don't care how many, how many persons come and invite themselves to this church to be a fellow minister. You only have one head. One pastor. Your son, if he's the assistant pastor, he's not the pastor. One pastor. One pastor. And you're not the pastor either. He is. You've got to respect the man of God. You've got to respect authority. You have to respect authority. You can't go around and just behave in a way towards your pastor. Just say anything about their family. You know what? I prayed before I got here, and I'm in the Holy Ghost, and I know it. You have to respect the man of God, the woman of God. You've got to respect the authority of God's place, is, place in your life. Let me close, because some of you are getting nervous, so let me close. We, 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 we're going through this book. We, 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 we're actually um, using the book. Um, teaching it in a class, and I, I, I ever, I have introduced this book to so many friends of mine, and it's a must-read. It's called Loyalty and Disloyalty. It's one of the most powerful books I have ever read. In fact, the author gave it to me, and I have original um, copy. So if you go and buy it on, on, on Amazon, you will get. I have literally mine is different than the whole entire church. But it's the most powerful book I've ever read. In closing, here's what Mill said in his book, Loyalty and Disloyalty. He writes, Loyalty is the foundation of discipleship and so vital in a healthy church and the body of Christ. I had a guy told me once, he said, you know what? 
I don't have to be loyal to you. I'm loyal to God. And I say, you're, you're crazy. How, how are you going to say you're loyal to God and you're not loyal to... How, how are you going to try to have it here if you're not having it here? And he thought that made him feel, make him spiritual. I'm loyal to God. I'm not loyal to you. I said, okay. Whatever. It's fine. You have to be loyal to God and to God's man. You can't be loyal to God and not loyal to God's man. You cannot. The scripture, he says, are replete with detailed account of faithful and treacherous people. He said, very early in my ministry, I realized that the devil is an, ex that the devil is an expert at destroying the church from within. You'll realize that Satan often does not have occasion to launch a deadly attack against you, so he has to use someone else to attack from within. In the case of Jesus, he used the traitor Judas. From within is the only way the enemy can destroy a successful, powerful ministry that is doing all the right things. It has to come from within. In every ministry, there's a fifth column comprised of, here's what he says, of this loyal, double-faced, double-tongued, and discontented people. Do you, do you notice this, the, the discontented people in a church always are with, in community with the disloyal or the discontented people? Do you notice that? Every church... Those who would run down the church, they're friends with those who would run down the church. In every church, those who are respectful are friends with those who are res not respectful. In every church. I have seen all of my life, I've been pastoring for 23 years now, I've seen people who came to a church for the first time, and before they leave, they'll connect with someone that has the same spirit as they do. Every single time. Let me close. He says here, this loyalty breeds strife, hatred, murmuring. If you're going to have a strong, prosperous, growing church, you must have a ministry in love and oneness. And oneness. We, Father, I pray that we may be one as you are one. When this, when Restoration Apostolic Church come together as one and you line up behind your general and say, we can take the city in Jesus' name. There's no devil, no demons, no hell. Nothing can stop this church when we become one in Jesus Christ. I have more. Can you give me two more minutes? Christian ministry is composed by the mark, by the power of love, unity, and teamwork. Without loyalty, every church ministry within the church or the network of denominations or churches will constantly experience disintegration. It will totally destroy. Become disloyal, he says, Watch this. Loyalty, you see, is the most appropriate in our times. In good times, everybody appears to be loyal. 
Isn't that powerful? In good times, everybody appears to be loyal. But when there is a crisis, when there is a mistake, when there is a, a problem, everybody, the true nature of people seems to come to the surface. I'm saying that. The book didn't say that. Become this loyal, it said, is a process. The Lord has shown me eight important stages a person process um, progresses through when he or she is becoming disloyal. Here's the first stage is to develop what I call an independent spirit. You got to read this book. I'm telling you, it's amazing. An independent spirit. If there's church work day, I don't have to sh show up. If there's church picnic, I don't have to come. If pastor called for fasting, I don't have to fast. If, if pastor called for extra um, service night, well, I was there on Sunday. An Nobody can tell me what to, to do. He put on his pants just like I put on my pants. Independent spirit. It's dangerous. It is a dangerous spirit for persons to develop or to embrace or to have. These loyal people have an insidious way of discussing the shortcoming of their leader. They ask questions like, how did you like the service to today? I loved it. I'm saying that. I love the service. You, you, you know what, what I've learned? If you come looking for a bad service, you're going to have a bad service. I tell people all the time, trust me, if I'm looking, whatever you're looking for, you'll find it. I tell our church, just don't go to places looking for things. If you're going thinking you're looking for prejudice, you're going to find it. Just go focus. Just go with an open mind. You're going to find whatever you're looking for. I mean, first of all, I come to find Jesus. And all of that stuff may be going on, but I don't care. My eyes are closed. I'm focused on the cross. I'm focused on Jesus Christ and His love and His power and His blood. I'm not coming to church just to look for stuff. Oh, Jesus. I know you guys want me to finish. I'm almost done. These loyal people, they, they, they ask questions like, so how did you? And then they, 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 I thought it was a bit dry. Do you think our pastor is anointed now as he was last year? I think he's more anointed. Have you noticed that a lot of people are leaving the church? Really? I've not noticed. Because they are troublemakers. They, 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 they're sent by their messengers of, of, of Satan. They're enemy of the cross. They're trying to destroy the work of God. Ignore them. Run away from them. I think our pastor travel a bit much, don't you? Be like Jesus. You know, when people ask you a question, you know when they ask Jesus a question, he sends the motives of people. He never answered their question. He always answered back with a question. Anybody know, know, notice that? Well, so, I mean, always trying to, because you know what, sometimes people are trying to trap you. They're trying to set you up. They're trying to use your name and say, well, sister so-and-so said pastor is traveling too much. She didn't say anything. She just agreed with what you were saying. Gradually, they are able to spread their dissenting feelings to a group of gullible Christians. 
Many people are saying, a lot of people are saying such and such. Everybody's saying such and such. Many people are saying such and such. And they explain. Oh, my, my, my. Okay, I'm done. They explain that they're speaking on behalf of others. Stand behind your pastor. Stand behind your pastor's wife. There is, there, there is revival here. You're on the cross of something great. I'm telling you, I've pastored for 23 years. I've learned some things along the way. Oh, Jesus. Make sure that you don't bring clicks in this church. Make sure you have a culture of love and grace and worship where everybody is welcome, no matter the color of their skin, their race, their pedigree, their academics. Make sure there's a culture of love in this church. And when you do that, by this, all I know that you are my disciples, the love you have one for another. Can I tell you this? Your pastor and his wife and his family, they embrace those virtues. I'm telling you something. She's one of the few young ladies in this district where every single time she's me, no matter where she is, public, private, campground, make no difference, she's going to hug me. That's real. You know, some folks hug you undercover. You know what I'm saying? Are they your friends when they're out of the clique or the crowd? This girl is consistent. Her husband is consistent. Her children is consistent. So you guys have everything you need to be a great church. All the, all the ingredients you have, you have it in what can make you a great church. You're a great church now, but there's still a greater yet territories to conquer. The, 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 listen, there's a harvest field here. You're right. One of the best schools in the whole entire state. You're right here in Georgia. You're a strategic position for greatness. Don't let Satan, don't let the demons of hell enter your, your progress. Don't let Satan come and sow discord and malice and foolishness and gossip and, 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 and all kinds of stuff. No, bind Satan in Jesus' name. And say, we're going to, we, we will be a city that's set on a hill which cannot be hid. Our best days are before us. God has called us into his kingdom for such a time as this. And we're going to see the greatest harvest. Restoration church, your best days are ahead of you. But stand behind your pastor. Stand behind your pastor's wife. Pray for them daily. God, cover my pastor. God, cover my pastor's wife. You'll not talk about my pastor. You'll not talk about my pastor's wife. Because we are going to a place where you're not hearing me tonight. Let's stand on our feet and clap our hands. Come on, give God glory and praise in this room tonight. Oh, we're standing behind you, Pastor Walden. We're standing behind you, Sister Waldron. Come on, lift your hands. Come on, lift your hands. And give God glory and give God praise in this room tonight. Come on, give Him glory and praise. Come on, let's just lift our hands and love the Lord in this place tonight. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Mm. Hallelujah. Glory to God. 
Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Won't you take the hand of somebody beside you and let's lift it up. We do this many times in our services. We're in this thing together. We're going to let brotherly love continue. If you go, I go. That's the way we do it around here. Won't you lift your hands and now lift your voice and pray for the one beside you. Come on, just start speaking a word of faith. Hallelujah, together. Hallelujah, we're going to see the Lord move in our midst. Hallelujah, we're going to make it together. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, God, for this body. Thank you for these people, God. Thank you, Lord. music get real soft for a second and now let's just lift our hands one more time let our voice go to the Lord come on <laughs> thank you Lord for your truth and your goodness God thank you for your blessings on us Lord as your people come on ain't nothing more precious to the Lord than you worshiping him out of your heart Hallelujah. Just pour your voice out. Pour that praise out. Pour that love out on him right now. Oh, you're worthy to be praised. Worthy to be praised. Oh, we thank you, Jesus. We thank you, Jesus. We thank you, Jesus. Aren't you glad to be a part of the body? Aren't you thankful for the Lord, for His Word? Come on, give the Lord a hand clap of praise. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Brother Henry, for preaching. That's, you know, that's uh, 
those are the kind of scriptures. And I'll tell you, I didn't have any idea what Brother Henry was going to teach about tonight. I don't, uh, I don't examine our ministers as they're coming in. I just, I trust them, and I trust Brother Henry. And, and so I, I, I didn't say, hey, won't you come in and, and just give the pastor a good old pat on the back tonight? I don't do that. But that's the kind, those are the kind of scriptures that pastors will avoid because you don't want to feel like a, I, I preached at an anniversary service um, years ago, preached from the same scriptures and uh, for a pastor at his, his anniversary service or appreciation service for their anniversary. And, and I used that same scripture because I knew the work that that man had done. And, 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 it, and it's a, the focus of that is, and God gave. Mm. Man, how can you not want? Now, when you couple that with the scripture that says every good and perfect gift comes from above. In other words, it's good and perfect gifts are given from God. And God gave some apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers for the perfecting of the saints. You know, so how can you, man, I, I wish that my pastor was still living. Oh, how I would love to sit with him one more time and, and talk with him and just uh, anything with him. He, he loved Tootsie Rolls. I'd love to sit down and share a Tootsie Roll with him. <laughs> I mean, he was just such a great down-to-earth guy, but so wise and so humble and so loving. And, just, uh, and I wonder sometimes, can he see what we're doing now? This was his pulpit. This was my pastor's pulpit. And so I preached my first message across this. My son preached his first message across it. This is where I heard the truth preached from. I thank God because I wouldn't be here today without him. And uh, so, you know, I appreciate your support and your love my family does. And I appreciate you understanding that, that we are just human but we are also in a place that God put us. And, and I strive, and my wife does, and my children as well, we strive to be the best that we can be because we want this church to be the best that it can be. And so thank you, Brother Henry, for that great word. Because I'm telling you, you'll go far. If the Lord tarries, who knows where you'll find yourself down the road, but you'll always, you'll always be blessed when you give honor to those that God's put in your life. I found, I found that to be true. So I'm thankful for my friend and look forward to getting him, getting his wife back with us again as well sometime because, man, they, they just uh, they do a great work where they are. Your service is in November. That's a long ways off right now, but that's in November. We'll be there. <laughs> we'll be there. Uh, so we'll make sure our church knows and we'll, we'll, we'll come and visit and We'll bring a good group with us for that service, and uh, it's a great time. So thank you for being in here tonight. This Sunday is our Friends and Family Sunday, and uh, Brother David Huff will be here in the 12 o'clock service. Man, uh, I'm looking forward to that. hope you like electric guitar. <laughs> if you don't, I'm sorry. You will after this, uh, I promise you. It, he's a... a what a talent and just a great looking forward to that on Saturday at four there's a wedding and uh, we're all invited church we're invited to be here for that a reception following so uh, we're excited for brother Lance sister Becky and um, so it's going to be a great weekend uh,
man, things are getting done on the building, which I'm happy about. And um, notice our new reception center. We're going to be making use of that out there in the foyer. So just little things here and there, but we're getting it done one step at a time. We love you very much. Thank you for being in service tonight. Let Brother Henry know what a great job he did. God bless you. Be safe. We'll see you Sunday, the Lord willing.